Welcome to today's audio podcast from the Church at Bushland. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of the Church at Bushland and would like to enjoy more resources and weekly updates, we hope you will visit our website at thechurchatbushland.com or download our app for both iOS and Android devices by searching for The Church at Bushland. We'd love to know how this ministry is touching your life. Please take a moment to let us know by emailing us at media at thechurchatbushland.com. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so by visiting thechurchatbushland.com slash give. We jumped in the first year of the year in a series, and what I've done is uh, I've taken our purpose statements. We have four purpose statements uh, as a church, and I've, I've kind of built messages around them weekly. And so we've just come off the first purpose statement, and that is know God. And we did three weeks of just know God, uh, how to know God, um, uh, how to dig into his word and prayer and all kind of different things. Last week we talked uh, real extensively about listening to God, being still and hearing God. So we jump into the second purpose statement, and that is find freedom. Find freedom. I want you to listen to the word. 2 Corinthians three seventeen. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is... There is freedom. Man, you just got to let that just kind of fall over you a little bit. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. My friends, if there is one thing that, that I believe that the enemy is really attacking the little church and the big church in, and that is the area of freedom. We have got some bound up people and that is not the way he's designed us john 8 36 says this therefore and what i've taught you there is anytime you see therefore you want to ask what that therefore is there for okay and here's why it's there if therefore if the son makes you free you shall be free indeed if the son sets you free you shall be free indeed if jesus by way of the cross, set you free, you shall be free indeed. Therefore, don't ever go back to the chains. Don't ever go back to the bondage. Don't ever go back in the grave. Once he set you free, you're free indeed. Free indeed. 2 Corinthians 5, 17, we love that passage. We use it a lot. Therefore, Again, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. Therefore. Why is that therefore, therefore? So you will understand that once you are in Christ, my friend, you are a new creation, new creation. All things have become new. You say, well, I don't feel new. Well, can I help you with something? This ain't a Band-Aid moment. It's not about how you feel. It's about who you are. And he says you are a new creation. The old has gone. The old is gone, my friend. You could take 2 Corinthians 3.17, John 8.36, and 2 Corinthians 5.17, and what in the world are they trying to tell you? They are trying to tell you simply this, you have been redeemed. 
When you meet Jesus Christ, you have been redeemed. The word redeemed simply means to buy out. It is a word that was used specifically in reference to slaves. When someone would take the place of a slave or buy that slave out of all the bondage, they would set that slave free. Listen to me. We have been redeemed. On this side of the cross, you have been redeemed. Whatever you were before, you are not anymore. If you were once blind, you now see. You were once without a hope, you now have hope. You were without purpose, you now have purpose. You were without peace, you now have peace. On this side of the cross, my friend, you've been redeemed. Listen to me. Here's the deal. Jesus took your place. He didn't have to take your place. He didn't have to take my place. Listen, I was saved at 10 years old. You say, well, how bad could you have been at 10? Well, normally, not very bad, but you didn't know me, okay? So not that I was really bad, but I was a pretty ornery, stinking little 10-year-old, okay? I was. Now, my mom knew that, and God knew that. And any teacher I had preceding that knew that, okay? Listen to me. I was an ornery 10-year-old. I didn't get saved from drugs or alcohol or all that stuff. I didn't get that big, glamorous, big-time testimony that you hear all the time. Listen to me. There is no trophy for that kind of testimony. I promise you, every one of those people that had that testimony that came out of that would trade that trophy in for a testimony that said, the first time you knocked, I should have answered. Listen to me. Wherever your story is, man, you've been redeemed. He took your place. He didn't have to take your place. They didn't catch him. He gave up. They didn't run him down. He gave himself freely. They didn't finally hunt him down. He finally said, here I am. Here I am. Here I am. He basically went to that cross, and he said, whatever they have done, And whatever the ones that come behind them will do, I put on me, and I go to Calvary to bear that. He redeemed you. He took your place. He said that one, he is without sin, took our sin, and bore it on a cross called Calvary. He didn't have to do that, my friend. By the grace of God, you have been redeemed. By the grace of God, you have been redeemed. Okay? Galatians 5.1 says, For it... It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then, and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Listen to me. On this side of the cross, if you've been redeemed, don't you dare act like you haven't. That is an abomination and a slap to the face of the Jesus that took your place. Don't walk around holding your head down. You have been redeemed, man. He set you free. He took your place. He did what you could not do. He gave grace, unmerited favor, where there wasn't grace deserved. You've been set free. Don't walk around like a slave anymore. You're not a slave anymore. Romans 3.23 says, says, Romans 3.23 says, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. All have sinned. You saved at seven are saved at 77. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We were all going to fall short. God said, I know they're going to fall short, so I will bridge that gap. I'll bridge that gap. 
because they can't get there without me. You got to walk across the cross to get to the heaven. And Jesus was that cross. Romans 8, Romans 3, 24 says this. So because all have sinned and fallen short of their glory, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Because we were going to fall short, he justified by his grace. He redeemed us. He set us free because he loves us. Not because he had to, my friend. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. For by grace, you have been saved through faith. And that not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not of works, least anyone shall boast. Listen to me. You could not earn it. And he knew that. He knew you couldn't earn it. He knew you couldn't try hard enough and be the right person and do the right thing and eat right, chew right, dress right, talk right. He knew that. No amount of church bulletins were going to get it done. You couldn't show him to him. He wouldn't be impressed with that. You couldn't memorize scripture. You couldn't do all the things that church people said do. You couldn't do enough to get there. By grace, you have been saved. By grace, not by works. No way. Because if you could work for it, my friends, the terrible, depressing news on the other side of that is you could lose it if you earned it. How many of us would be so miserable if we felt like all of our lives between now, the first breath and the last breath, we had to do things to earn our salvation. And if we didn't do enough, we could lose them. And every time we lost them, we had to climb back up on that cross and get saved again. I'd be so worn out, I couldn't sing my song that he put in my heart when he redeemed me. Man, that's works to kill you, man. It'd have sucked the life out of you. We used to sing an old hymn. It said, I had a debt I could not pay. He paid a debt he did not owe. I needed someone to wash my sins away. And now I sing a brand new song, amazing grace all day long. Christ Jesus paid a debt that I could never pay. Man, that's it. That's the good news. But so many people can't find freedom because their past is marred and it's ugly and it's nasty. And all they hear is, oh yeah, I'm sure he saved you. I'm sure you're born again. I know you. You're nasty. You're mean. You're ugly. I know your past. You think he would save you? He ain't going to die for you. He's not going to set you free. That's all baloney. Don't believe that. You're still who you used to be. I don't know if you own some boxing gloves, but it's time to buy some. My wife going through cancer had some boxing gloves. I was nervous the whole time. <laughs> Listen, it's time for redeemed believers to put boxing gloves on, and every time he smarts off to you, you take him out with an overhand right. I mean, KO, bam. I mean, you've got to get him. Because too many believers are like, yeah, yeah, my past. Uh. I mean, they're just getting whooped in that ring. And we walk lost people by the ring, and we go, you should, you should be like them and get saved. No, I don't think so. That dude looks like he just got beat up. I'm not about to be like that. Listen, I can be like that and sleep in. I can be like that and never have to buy a Bible. I can be like that and never tithe. Man, we show them stuff 
And it, it contradicts scripture. We say, we're no longer slaves. We've been redeemed. We're born again. We're child of the king. We've been ransomed. If we by grace, we're saved. There's a power of the Holy Spirit living inside of us. Okay, when's that start? Because our past, man, keeps screaming at us. Listen, you're not your past. The biggest window in your car is a front windshield. Quit looking at that little thing tied up there on the front window to the back. It's important to see what's behind you, my friends, but it's more important to see what's in front of you. And you got to understand you've been redeemed. And you got to find freedom from your past. There's a lot of people in here that, that I believe that are constantly haunted, constantly haunted by their past. And the reason you stop singing or do not can sing consistently your song is because you still think you can't because of your past. My friend, I don't care about your past. I care about who you are today. That's who he says you are. Listen to me. Jesus does not see you the way you used to be. He sees you how you are today. If you've been redeemed and bought by the blood of the land and your name is Christian, you carry his name, and it's time to walk that name. It's time to walk that name. Some of you today have got to take out a shovel, and for the last time ever, you've got to bury your past. And when you kick that dirt on that sucker, you don't ever go back and dig those bones up again. Don't even visit the area. You leave dead flowers there, and you walk away. So you never had to come back and water them, okay? Because that was the dead old self that's in that grave, and you're raised to walk a new life. Leave that past where it is, my friend. Leave it alone because you can't live the life that he has for you if you're constantly reminded and trying to do the things you used to be. That's not who you are. That's not who you are. Number one, you got to find freedom from your past. Number two, you got to find freedom from guilt. You got to find freedom from guilt. Genesis 3, 6 and 7 says this. So when the woman saw the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes, a tree desirable to make one wise. She took its fruit and ate. She also gave it to her husband who was with her, and he ate. And when their, but when their eyes were both opened, they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves a covering. I'm not here to tell you and debate and discuss on a marriage retreat who gave who to what, who ate first, who led who to the cliff. I'm not into none of that. I'm just going to tell you they both bit the apple, and we've both been sunk since, okay? We both bit the apple. He said, well, she gave that. She took it. She ate it. She gave it to him. I don't care. I'm not here to sort that. I'm just telling you, they took the apple, they bit the apple, and the minute they bit the apple, they realized they were naked, and they began to cover up. They sewed fig leaves together, and they covered themselves. Guilt simply is the awareness of a failure against a standard. Guilt is about disobedience. Here's what guilt does to people. Guilt is a feeling is feeling bad about what you did. Guilt is feeling bad about what you did. Listen to me. You need to be redeemed out of guilt. 
You say, well, that's what I did when I was, before I was saved. I know that. The cross took care of that. There is no more guilt over who you were on that side of the cross. you got to let that go. That was buried at Calvary. Do not worry about that. You say, well, pastor, when I got saved, I was born again, but I've stumbled since then. And I know I'm still saved, and I was scripturally baptized, and I know I haven't lost my salvation because you, once you're genuinely saved, you can't lose your salvation. God says nobody can pry them out of my hand. Nobody. But, but pastor, I stumbled on the other side. I'm born again. I know I'm saved, but, but I did this. I did this. I did this, and I'm sorry I did this, but guilt keeps whooping me. It's whooping me. The Bible says in 1 John that he is faithful. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. My friends, the blood of Jesus is still wet, not just to salvation, but forgiveness of sin if you mess up on the other side. If If you've stumbled and fallen, my friend, there is forgiveness of that. Confess that sin. Make that right. Get that right with a brother or sister. Get that right with God. David said, against you and you alone have I sinned, O God. That's true. But the guilt that you feel because you did that, you've got to let it go. When you've been forgiven, when he's forgiven you, you have to let it go. Because if you don't, that guilt's going to just carry, you're going to carry that guilt around. And you're born again, you're saved, you know you are. There's no doubt in your mind. If I were to ask you, you say, are you born again? Yes, I'm born again. Then why do you look like you're not born again? Because I'm guilty of what I've done. I've messed up. I've I've broke God's heart. I've sinned against God. I've, I've hurt this person. I did this. Have you asked for forgiveness? Yes. Has God forgiven you? Yes. Then live like it. You gotta let that guilt go, man. Some of you feel guilty because you've asked God to forgive you, but you never asked the other person or persons to forgive you. I've been there. I was waiting on somebody once. I waited a long time. They never came. Never came. And God said, They're not coming. You got to go. You got to go or you're going to be stuck right where you're at. The reason you can't hear me is because you haven't let them go. It's kinking your hose. You're born again. You're saved. You, the Holy Spirit is living inside of you. And I have a call on your life, and I want to do great and amazing things through you, but you can't get it. You can't hear it. You're stopped. You're stuck. And all these people around you see it in you, and they know it. And they tell you that that's what they see in you. They're giving you the word, but you don't receive it because you're stuck. You got to go make it right. And I was waiting on an individual to come to me and ask forgiveness that wasn't even born again. You think they were coming? What in the world is going to convict them? A bad day at work? They were not coming. And when I went to them and laid all that down. I'm telling you right now that that moment will stick in my head in my life forever 
I absolutely flew home, even though I drove. I had no idea how heavy I was. At 22 years old, I never thought I was that heavy. And some of you in here have no idea how heavy you are because you are carrying guilt and you're carrying guilt and you're carrying guilt over something that you did after you got saved and you feel like you broke God's heart because you broke his standard or you broke somebody else's heart and you, you've asked God to forgive you, but you won't forgive yourself. You've asked God to forgive you, but you may not have set that other person free and that stuff is just hanging over you and you are heavy. And for some of you, it has quenched the Holy Spirit working in your life. And you know it. And you know it. You want to find freedom, you got to find freedom from the past, but you got to find freedom from guilt. The guilt maybe before the cross, and maybe the guilt after the cross. I'm not, I don't know. And last is this, and it's a big one. You got to find freedom from shame. Shame. Genesis 3, 8. And they heard a sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. They bite the apple. They see they're naked. They sow fig leaves to cover themselves and they go hide in shame and they hear God walking and they don't want him to find him. They don't want him to find him. Shame is a sense of failure before the eyes of someone. Shame is how I perceive others see me and how I see myself. Shame is something that you did or that happened to you, and you cannot forgive yourself. The shame is just hanging over you, and you hide. You don't want nobody to know that about you. You've never told anybody, including your children. You've never told your spouse. You've never told your parents. You can't look at yourself in the eyes. You can't, you can't look at that moment when you did it. You can't speak into that moment. You are bound and chained by that moment. That moment's got more power in you than Jesus himself. And it keeps you there. And it robs you. Every single day it robs you. You know it robs you. It sucks life out of you. It sucks the wind out of you. It sucks the joy out of you. It sucks life out of you. It sucks your song out. And you are born again. You're saved. You know the Lord. But something you did, something you did is killing you. It's an ache in your gut. It keeps you up at night. It's in the darkness and it talks to you. You try to have time with the Lord and you get in the word and you're focused and all of a sudden you see something or think of something or read something and it triggers it and it comes back to you. And you duck your head and you believe he can't ever use you. He can't ever set you free. Yes, he can. Yes, he can. Genesis 3, 9 through 11. Then the Lord God called, called Adam, and he said to him, Where are 
you. So he said, I heard your voice in the garden. I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. And then he said, who told you you were naked? Mm. Here's my question for you. You're walking around in shame and you're hiding. You're hiding. You're hiding that part of your life. You're hiding it from your family, your kids, your mom, your dad. Nobody knows, but it's killing you. And God is trying to get you to go move off that point, go further, go bigger, dig in for him. You want to bad, but that thing just keeps holding you back, holding you back. And he's walking up to you while you're hiding. And he says, where are you? you. Can I just tell you something? God in Genesis has made two people. (laughs) He's made two people. Do you think that he's lost those two people? I'm serious. Have you ever thought about that? He's just made creation. Yeah, we got some trees. We do. But he's only made two people at this point. He's made Adam and Eve. They eat the apple, sew the fig leaves on, hide in shame, and God goes looking for them, and he hears them coming. Well, who else is it, a bear? It's not a bear. They know it's God. And God simply says, where are you? God knows exactly where they are. Can right now, my friends, he knows exactly where you are. So you've got to go back to that moment and you've got to look yourself in a mirror. And the age and the, the grade or the time or the place that you were when you did that, you've got to speak into that boy or that man. You've got to speak into that girl or that woman. You've got to speak into them. Because you've been hiding from that point ever since. And see, so you can't move and it stay where it used to be. It doesn't stay where the act was committed. It comes with you until you deal with it. He says, where are you? God already knew where they were. He already knew that. You see, when we get honest, healing begins. Let let me say that again. I don't want you to miss it. I know I'm not the tail end of my message. Don't check out. When we get honest, healing begins. See, honesty starts healing. When you say, God, here I am. Here I am. I I am not worth looking at, but I'm right here. Mm. You you think you know what he's going to do and say, and you're not even close. He ain't going to say nothing, but I love you, child. You're beautiful. And he's going to do nothing but hug you and restore you. If you're hiding in shame today, stop, please. Just stop. Please, please stop. You have put yourself in prison. You have put yourself in chains. You put yourself on a chain. 
You've been bound by your own self. And you think people know this about you. You think that's how they perceive you. They don't know that about you. You say, well, if they knew that about me, they wouldn't like me any more than I like myself right now. They'd probably like me worse. No, they would not. They would clap for you. They would cheer for you. And they would be your biggest fan for life the same way Jesus would. You've got to be honest about where you are. Don't hide anymore. He already knows where you are. He's asking you to declare that. And when you declare where you are, he meets you right there. He meets you right there. He said, why don't you just come find me? He has. He's finding you right now. He's found you several times through the Holy Spirit of God as he's just kind of drawing you back that way. But you keep hiding and keep putting up layers and thickening your onion skin so nobody ever gets there. Stop. Just say, God, here I am. Here I am. Can you heal my shame? Can you help me with my shame? Yes, I can. I love this question that he asked after this. Adam confesses that he's naked, that he ate, he hid, he's afraid, all this stuff. And God says to him, who told you you were naked? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Who told you you were shameful? Who told you that? I didn't tell you that. Listen, do not say anything that the Father hadn't, already, that the Father hadn't said about you. I'm ugly. I'm nasty. I'm dirty. I'm shameful. You'll never love me again. I'm sorry. I'm a, I'm a mess. I don't want anybody to know. I'm going to hide forever until I go to heaven. No. I can't tell my kids that. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. When you're set free, everybody's set free. When you're set free, the house set free. Who told you that you're... Who told you you're naked? Who told you that you're shameless, that you're ugly? I didn't say that about you, child. I didn't say that about you. Don't speak that over yourself. Stop. Some of you need freedom from your own mouth. Can I just say that in love? Some of you need freedom from your own mouth. Because you speak more curse on you than the enemy could ever. You make his job a piece of cake. He doesn't even have to sweat in your life. He doesn't have to mess with you because you already mess with yourself. Quit doing the enemy's work in your life. You wear a jersey of the king's team. And it's time for you to decide who you're going to ride with. Quit listening and speaking the words of the enemy of condemnation and shame on your life. Quit hiding and come to, the, come to the light, my friend, and he'll set you free. He'll set you free. I want you to close your eyes and bow your head. I'm going to invite the worship team to come on up and altar ministry team. Invitation time today, pretty simple. 
your past, guilt, or shame? What do you need to set free from? Maybe you're here today, pretty heavy message, but I'll simply say this, it's the gospel. If you want to be a part of a church that preaches the word and wants to be like Christ, you come this morning. Maybe you've been set free, born again this week, and you want to come tell your church, that's a great thing to do, my friend. Maybe you just need to come to the altar. Maybe you need to stop hiding today. Maybe you just need to be set free. I'm going to read this, and then I'm going to pray. Now the Lord is spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Lord, today, as we stand for the invitation, there is freedom in the house. There's freedom in the presence of God. Don't let us hide anymore. Don't let us hide anymore, God. Let us come and experience freedom, freedom, freedom. For it is by grace we've been set free. God, be glorified now in Christ's name. Amen. Church, you stand. This invitation time is for you. You come. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast from The Church at Bushland. We exist to help people know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. We hope you will stay connected by following the ministry on Facebook and Instagram, by using The Church at Bushland, and on Twitter by using at TCA Bushland. 